0: Uh, let's talk about lands because this is a big piece. Okay. So I've been working on lands. You had some really fun conversations behind the scenes with some sources about lands and why they're difficult to execute. Players are
1: told you should never, ever log into your account and play on a PC that is not specifically your PC that you own and you're the one who handles it. Ricochet is so in depth when it comes to these PCs. You have no idea what has happened with that PC prior to your use of it on a LAN when it comes to things like the, um, the, lag reduction or whatever you would call it for controllers on PC. Those programs, uh, those are considered a cheat and will get you shadow banned. That is the reason that there were a number of people coming out of the uh, Baca Bros. Wonderland who were shadow banned after the fact was pinned on Activision's side as being a cheat and thus they end up getting retroactively shadow banned for it
0: ladies and gentlemen welcome into another bot lobby podcast episode i believe this is episode number three at least officially i'm Goj, joined by the wonderful the only katie bedford of course we're gonna be your host today as per usual and again we have a very special guest that we want to talk about but before we get there look we appreciate everybody's support that's shown us so much support on youtube as well as our live stream and even on our audio platform i'm sure you guys are going to be listening to this later so make sure you subscribe like the video and all of those good things it helps us out in terms of continuing to grow this and make this even better process katie how are you doing today
1: uh i'm wonderful super excited about this episode uh one of the great things about competitive warzone is that every time goj and i finish an episode and we say shoot what are we going to talk about next within five minutes of one of us saying that something happens on twitter there's a tournament <laughs> announced there's some other happening that fills up our docket for the next podcast so i think uh, a further just proof of why we should be doing this in the first place and yeah we've got a lot to talk about today um kind of a bit of a recap and also talking with ebates about cdlr uh we've got of course some dabblings in cheating allegations monitor cams lan and ricochet and shadow bans and all the fun that comes with those twists and turns and and even more than that so uh i'm great goj i think this is gonna be uh an awesome episode
0: well uh, without further ado let, let's bring the man in himself it, katie did say it already it is eBay's. we're bringing in eBay today if you don't know eBay the man is an incredible player in warzone has been competing for a while has made the switch to like a full-time competing and content regimen uh and uh, really proud of, of the process that he's been able to take over the last probably year year and a half he's gonna talk a lot more about that so let's hop in with him and see how he's doing Uh Ebates, how we doing? Yo, what up, what up, what
2: up? Thank you guys for having me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, Yeah. thanks for coming
0: on. It is uh it is really good to have you here. I know Ebates, you and I in particular, we've talked uh I mean, I feel like it's been a good year and a half now that we've at least known of each other. I know I was reaching out to you about playing in tournaments way back in the day when I was hosting all those like small events uh events too so it's good to kind of kind of full circle and uh and hear more about you and what you're working on i mean first and foremost let's just jump straight into it uh you know katie and i did the emergency podcast on monday that was all around the cdlr and uh mm. you guys are a part of that but in a little bit of different capacity you qualified for it so let's talk about it i mean tell me who your team is and uh it kind of that process around the qualifiers
2: Yes, yeah, so my team right now it's me, uh, Ryder, who's a Facebook streamer, Finesson and DJ Moss, and uh, that team kind of came about because me and DJ have been kind of dueling up for like a lot of these tournaments, and we were kind of talking about like the rule set and stuff. So nothing's really banned. So that's when <laughs> I I reached out to Ryder because I know he's one of the best like Swiss snipers in the game, and also I know he can run a shotgun. And then also I think we tweeted out like needing one more. So that's when we scooped Fineson because he's honestly probably one of the better rebirth players that I know, just a smart player in general. So that's kind of how our team kind of came together and uh it seems to be working
1: what was the process like because um, you had the open and then the qual process so it, it wasn't easy stuff to get there get there there was many um well-known household names in competitive war zone who failed in those qualifiers to get to this point so what was it what was that process opens into quals
2: yeah the first qualifier like the open qualifier the cdl playlist rebirth was kind of like in my opinion, it was kind of lazy. So going into it, like, we thought it was going to be a lot more like, yo, we're going straight into customs, like, you know, like a public match. Like, there's going to be, like, TikTok kids, whatever. And, like, our first game in, like, I was like, yo, guys, this is like a bot lobby. So basically, it was just, like, two days of, like, three hours of TKR and just, like, and then, and then it came out later that people were VPNing in it, and it was just like this whole nightmare. So like, I don't even know if it was like a CDL specific playlist or if it just kind of combined everything. So like, that first part was kind of weird because I thought like we fried. Like, I mean, and I was like pretty confident about it. And we got like seventeenth or something, like not even that great in the first in the first round. So then, I was just like, okay, like you know, we'll weed out the VPNers, like obviously, and that's kind of happened throughout the other two customs. Uh, I thought it was pretty organized. I mean, the the sh- uh, the like the whitelisting, getting to the same lobby is super quick. Uh, they've actually had a really cool like scoring system and stuff. Like you report everything in Discord. So as far as like everything else besides the open stuff, it's been really like organized. Um, and then getting to this point has been a lot of fun
0: yeah i uh i was we had talked about it on a couple a, a couple episodes now about the the kind of process to get into the cdlr and working your way through all these different qualifying sections and the, and the tkr was a little off and weird because of the vpns and i mean anytime you do anything tkr related even if it is inside of a, a controlled playlist where you're theoretically you're having more sweats you know it, it's uh it's difficult to monitor but once you make it past that stage which you guys were able to do you made it into the custom side uh, let's talk about the customs rule set that you guys were able to not exploit but utilize right to do yeah. well uh, you you briefly mentioned it but let's go through it a little bit more because i think this is a huge point for tournaments in general and why we have the systems that we have right now right so so talk to me about you know rita and and the weapons he's using and stuff like that
2: <laughs> um so without giving away too much i mean like my thought process was like we need somebody who's just like there's a lot like especially in customs there's a lot of people that float in the air I was like, we just need a shooter. So, like, someone Ugh. literally, like, yo, like, live ping, like, 300 meters away. Like, yeah, like, there's a chance we're going to hit that shot. Like, and so I know Rada, like, is just insanely talented on keyboard and mouse. And, like, obviously sniping's a little bit easier. It's, like, Breadman or, like, Man. Like, any of those guys are just nasty. So, that was kind of our thought process. And then also, like, what's the biggest con to using a keyboard and mouse player is, like, close range fights yeah, so yeah. <laughs> so we start tried...
1: the close range he pick everyone out of the side. so then
2: we, we put him on a shotgun like a jack 12 fire shotgun or something with uh with like oh. claymores and Should so
1: claymores? Yeah,
2: so like anybody that tries to push them i mean either a they're getting hit by the claymore or b they're getting shotgunned and sure. then anybody that tries to float like yo just stay alive like we're just team wiping cuz they're floating too long or something you know what i mean so um i mean we put like a lot of like we didn't put too much thought into like how we picked our roster i knew like me ryda dj and then finesse would all kind of get along it's kind of like a weird dynamic but Mm -hmm. i mean yeah mostly most of all is just like we don't like we don't strategize around the shotgun either too it's just like that's just how it is like it's a public match there's no band so like we're just like we're just going to use whatever is not you know what i mean like yeah 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 I saw people running around picking up RPGs off ribs. So it's just like...
1: (laughs) Psychological warfare that you were committing on these people. Yeah, exactly.
2: Because a lot of people are like, dude, don't push that building. Like, he's in there with a shotgun. Like, you know what I mean? So... Yeah, I, uh, I,
0: you know, there's a lot we can talk about around rule sets, but I, I think you're right. You have to be able to utilize whatever is available. Utilize it, and if it works, it works. It seems like it worked in the customs. I mean, uh, what what place did you guys end up in the in the last customs qualifier? In the last rate?
2: one we got second. So nice. okay, we kind of like we kind of cruised to the first one, and then the last one we played uh, like Picnic's team, and them we're kind of yep. like they watched our vods, and then they started landing where we were, so it kind of like slowed us down the first game. Uh, but we ended up coming in second, which was fine. I mean, you just need a top four. So yeah. Um,
1: Is that something that you're aware that you need to innovate on since other people are are adapting that strategy. Or are you just going yeah, I mean, to keep, I know what to
2: say it was our strategy. Like we kind of took it from Tommy and them cause they go stronghold and like in the earlier ones, we were kind of sending DJ solo to go stronghold cause there's so much money there. And like, right. so we just kind of, yeah, I mean, we switched up some stuff, but, uh, we probably won't do it in finals. Cause we know that there's like Tommy going there and stuff and like other teams. So it's just not in our best interest especially when there's only four games to like contest it especially a top team sure um so yeah we've kind of figured out some other plans but it's so this definitely is, like uh... yeah
1: oh go ahead go ahead
2: no there's definitely like a lot of people i've seen that are like watching bots and stuff especially in rebirth it's just so new so people are trying to figure out like strategies and stuff like that like um but yeah
1: this is very pivotal uh what inspired the name of your team
2: uh, i was just thinking about ryda i mean like yeah, he's, yeah, a yeah. Dad. he's literally a dad so i was like uh like let's just put dad bods like whatever be funny i didn't want to take it too serious you know it's like team finescent. you know i mean like i was just like let's just do something funny like yeah. i was just super quick yeah oh my God. Oh my God. there were some good team
0: names i mean you had the goats which is phase blue squad i don't know where tiberius khan came from i don't know if you yeah. have any idea no, that's a good
2: name i don't know where it came from.
0: It, it sounds like some like i mean i guess i'm thinking of Genghis Khan kind of like some ancient warlord or something but hey it, whatever works i like it um yeah that, that's super cool so excited about the cdlr um let's uh let's briefly talk about the pools and some of the teams that you're fighting against right uh yeah. i think we had a really good conversation on monday with your emergency podcast with gary uh talking about um some of the pools and the strengths of the pools and the different teams i mean what was your first reaction when the teams were dropped and, and especially the team's you're going to be playing against uh
2: first reaction was like all right this is again this is kind of lazy like <laughs> like i don't know like it's cool it's a cdl event and stuff but like we're letting almond hop over to, yeah. to 100 thieves it's like i was like fine with it like i, I like if it's a 100k tourney i want tbe competing together but also it's like if it's going to be a cdl tourney and you're signed to a cdl team why are we letting like it's like rocker's just like yeah we'll let our best player go play for another org basically and it's yeah. like that just doesn't make sense to me but like again it is 100k and i want to see tbe compete together um but it it is what it is so like i don't know um
1: it's like i think a great point goes that that he just made too and that's something that i kind of tease as well is like i mean i don't i I imagine it was more of a situation of not necessarily rocker allowing it but rocker not really having a choice
0: (laughs) yeah all the same look if I'm playing in this I'm playing with the boys like right
1: think that that was what it was it was either I'm playing with them or I'm not playing in this at all and they're like okay well what what are we supposed to do
0: Yeah. yeah There's a there's a larger conversation there. I've been doing a ton of digging around the CDLR because when the teams came out, I think all of us were like, "Wow, this is interesting." Like, this person's not playing; these people are playing. There is a lot we could go into with that because uh, I've done a ton of digging around this. The idea that you have to stream on YouTube and that has maybe staved some people off and didn't stave off others. There's maybe some workarounds to that. Like, there's a lot going on behind the scenes that not everybody knows about. I think Katie and I will probably talk a little bit more about that later, but. Let's refocus back. Uh, so you've gone through the qualifiers. You're here in the in Group A. You've got some really, really good teams. Some teams we don't even know if they'll be good. I mean, what's your take on the idea of CDL players being... Obviously, they're, like, the most talented players in, in Call of Duty. But what do you think, yeah. uh, like, their advantages or disadvantages will be uh, going against people like you guys that play Rebirth all the time?
2: I just think it's hard for, like players like that to come over and like just like it's this it's the start it's like starts are everything in customs and like they don't really know how to play a start like as soon as they get a gun and they're you know they got a gun in their hand like they're scary to fight yeah. like i'm yeah. not like like there's, there's no doubt about that but it's like as far as like rotating like all that stuff if they're not familiar with the map like i know a lot of there's like there's a full team of cdl players like i know they haven't played rebirth like <laughs> it's just there's like a mental like you're more thinking about, like, what is going on rather than, like, what are we going to do? So yeah, I, don't, sure. I don't see them doing well. I mean, again, like, you know, knock on wood, like, hopefully. Like, I don't know. Like, we'll see. But, like, it's just a it's just a big mystery. I don't really know. I don't think any of the CDL players are going to do well, um, yeah. in my opinion. It is a—I think it's a toss-up. I think there's a chance they could do really well
0: because their gun skill is incredible. But at the same time, especially, I will say, with the rule set that we have. They're yeah. even more at a disadvantage If it was yeah. limited to traditional bands And ARs and, and SMGs They have a lot better chance But when they're Thanks. getting sniped out of the air Before they can even realize where they need to go By right yeah, up Or they push exactly. a building Even two stacked And run into shotguns You're like I mean sorry okay. I don't care who you are You're not winning that gunfight I'll, yeah, I'll be curious I mean, to see It's more
1: similar to multiplayer But less similar And as you guys have said Right There's, there's no pretty little CDL GAs That the players come up with It's the Wild West Everything's right. available here and i agree i mean on top of that how are you making stem plays in the storm what are you preparing yeah. for those final circles how are you managing your utilities and uh, i i tend to agree with ebates opinion especially when i look at some of these rosters with pros on them i i just i don't know I, i'm not confident
2: yeah sure. yeah i mean again not anything could happen but i'm not confident that they're especially they're not getting the placement like you know they might get some hot starts but yeah sure
0: yeah, it, yeah. The, the entirety of the event um well i want to pivot a little bit I, we had talked about a cdlr a good bit but i wanted to hear your opinion on it so thanks for, for giving that um yeah. but uh i want to pivot a little bit and and focus on you for a second because again like i said at the very beginning we've known each other at least uh, through association for a long time uh you've been kind of coming up in the scene you, you did really well i remember one of my favorite things to talk about was back in uh late verdance customs you really found a groove inside of those customs we were talking mm-hmm. a little bit before for the broadcast about an upcoming event tomorrow that you're playing in I, I would love to hear your opinion on just formats in general from the tournament scene and what you've seen as kind of the ebb and flow of 2v2s versus customs specifically yeah. on caldera because i know the caldera map is uh is yeah. a little bit different and more competitive in some ways and maybe less competitive in others
2: so as far as like practicality getting everyone involved like customs is definitely just more appealing to like twitch rivals or like you know big tournaments um 2v2s i think in my opinion are a little bit more exciting as far as like a competitor standpoint a viewer standpoint everything i think 2v2s really do like just like make the scene like excited and uh for like what is Warzone or competitive war zone so i don't know if i love customs as much as i used to it just sucks how like choppy they can be i mean like we were me and dj were playing with frozone for a while and he's just like I'm done i can't do this anymore i'm done competing because he's like i'm just sitting around for three hours like you know just like staring at my, my desk like my my viewers are just dead in chat it's like i'm just done like it, so like i don't know i think 2v2s are definitely in my opinion probably a little bit better uh but i mean i get i get customs because they're they can just get everybody included um especially for like rivals it's just kind of nice yeah. to get everyone in the same lobby and it's fun it's like oh they're battling it out and stuff like that um That's kind of, like, my take um, as far as, like, where where competitive stands right now. I think Rebirth has been great, Uh, again, because it kind of brings, it kind of, like, bridges the gap where it's, like, it's fast-paced. If you die off rip, you're only sitting around for, like, eight or nine minutes. You're not sitting around for 30, 40, you know, waiting for the next lobby to start. And there's also a lot of opportunities, like, where they could do, like, Heats, so they could do, like, a lot of Rebirth, like, you know, three different Rebirth lobbies, and then top five from each go to one lobby or something. I don't know. There's a bunch of options, I guess, as far as, like, that stuff, so.
0: yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I'll uh, I'll be curious to see where the rest of our tournaments go up until Warzone 2. It sounds like rebirth is going to be a, a main priority going forward. I mean, everything yeah. we're seeing is, is denoting that. So uh, you know, there's a good chance we'll see quite a few more rebirth tournaments. I even know that is going to be the case. Um, okay, well, let, general tournament scene, Katie. I think this is a good time to start talking a little bit more broadly about the tournament scene um from an overarching perspective. Because you've been in the weeds of it, specifically from the grassroots side of things for a while now. Um yeah. and and even more recently, it's been a problem for a while, but even more recently, there's been a lot of issues with cheating allegations, uh, sus allegations in general, people being like uh, somewhat-
1: removed from events yeah, due to Yeah, it.
0: yeah mm-hmm. removed from events or dropped from their teammates just based on one little thing that will happen because it's not worth the pain and suffering of going through that. I mean, would love to hear your take, not even necessarily about specific people in the yeah. scene, but like where are we at right now in your opinion with the competitive scene with cheating allegations and with the mentality of like hey if you're if you're you know small and you are really really good there's a very
2: high likelihood that you're cheating. Yeah. So for me like from my perspective there's no like structure and there's also no like authority really so like if someone you know is getting called out or something it's like who's going to say what about what? It just feels like right now it's players jumping in and saying hey I think this guy's cheating and then people are getting removed which is like I get it like it's their livelihood but it just feels like sloppy and also just like I don't think players should be making decisions on who gets to compete and not. It just, there's no, like, uh, there's no authority. Like, nobody is making the calls. Like, nobody is, like, I don't know. It just sucks. Because, like, you know, who knows whether, you know, the people that have been removed or whatever are accused. Like, who knows if they're cheating or not. Like, nobody really knows. I get it. But it's, like, we're just letting, like, the opinions of, like, you know, maybe bigger players kind of make decisions on for everybody else. So, just, like... I personally hate it. I think it's lame. And I mean, I, but I don't know the answer. That's also why yeah. like, I just, I don't know. Like I don't play these buy-in attorneys anymore. Cause I'm like, who's cheating. I don't know. And I don't like, there's nothing we could do about it. So it's like, I don't know. It sucks, but it's just the state of war zone right now, which is, it is what it is.
1: I mean, really, it, goes, it feels like we're in kind of like Salem witch trials yeah. era. Like, there's just this fever of everyone's a witch. Like, go to Monty Python and the Holy Grail, right? Like, they yeah. literally slapped all this stuff on this girl, and they're like, she's a witch! And they're like, but the nose is fake! She's a witch! And sometimes they are, in fact, a witch, and other times, oftentimes, they're not. And it just doesn't seem like there's any rhyme or reason to this. And the bigger you are, the safer you are in both feeling like you can throw out these allegations without re- percussion right. and yourself being safe from those allegations
2: yeah exactly i mean it just sucks but i don't i don't know the answers and like it goes to like an extent it's like so like people are trying to prove themselves and they're like they do something and it's like oh it's not enough you you know there's still this it's like it's never gonna be enough so it's like sure. it's just a dead end of just like trying to prove that you're not you know you're innocent or whatever and then everyone's just like well i still in my mind i i saw what i saw and i believe what i believe so you're not changing my mind like sure I, I there there is uh
0: there's a lot of uh, very smart people that have have done a lot of thinking and, and uh, breaking down of like psychology of people and changing people's minds on something they've already decided is truth is very, very difficult, right? Uh, I think the uh, the question I have, I, I know it's like near impossible at this point, but I guess what can we do right now? Like, let's jump into that conversation. I know there's been a lot of tweets uh, on the timeline about monitor cams being something that is that has to happen um, and, and maybe some other options as well. What would be like your take from a grassroots person that's coming up through the scene trying to do the best they can to not only stave off any accusations right that's always something that i'm sure is in the back of everybody's mind is i, I yeah. need to make sure i don't ever get accused because once i'm accused we might have some serious issues um, yeah. but once you are accused what are the little things you can do at the at the base minimum uh to try
2: to help out in this situation i think it's just as far as, like you just got to take like ownership and like your own like character i guess It's just like be proactive as far as like yo they think i'm cheating i have a monitor cam ready or yo they want my pc scanned like let me tweet out who can scan my pc right now like i know uh i talked to ahsoka about it because i mean people were saying that he was you mm-hmm. know getting thrown in the mix and i was like look bro like i i was like get somebody on your pc right now have them check it like be proactive don't wait for someone to come to you it. just have someone you reach out to someone and tell them like hey like this is my livelihood this is my career i guess quote unquote like yeah someone to take you know like there's got to be some kind of ownership like people are just so like oh just wait until you know i get my pc scanned by someone who comes to me and it's like dude like if you think that you're getting accused or whatever and you want to prove yourself like just be proactive like i I don't know like don't wait till someone else is going to step in for you so that's just like my biggest advice it's like there's just too much like unknowns like people are just like like doing weird things to like not like completely clear themselves like there's like little like there's just too many gaps like that are like just not being filled. And it's just like, too, it's weird. It's weird to me. So like, cause if I'm getting accused, like I'm, I'm getting on a stream or something, I'm getting someone on computer right away. Everybody's going to be watching. Like, but there's too many, like, like, I don't know, like, Oh, like where did he go for three days? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, like yeah. it's just like, like what happened? Like, I, I don't know. Like I just wish there was more proactivity as far as like people trying to like take care of themselves rather than like having other people take care of them. That's just where, I don't know.
0: Yeah, uh, I I think that's the right ch- I mean like like you said there's no true answer. Like there's no if you do this you've proven in your innocence and yeah. we all know that. But there's there's a, a something to be said about pro proactivity like getting out ahead of it if it happens like immediately you're jumping on it and saying what can i do because mm-hmm. it is people's livelihood we don't even have to put that in air quotes i mean Hosoka was being accused the man has won thirty three thousand dollars in five months that is yeah. a livelihood that is real money very real money especially yeah. if your expenses are not very high like that's that's livable if not more than livable and so and even people lower down on the earnings list uh that are that are winning 10 dollars 20,000 in five months that's still great money that anybody would be lucky to have in that right. amount of time. And so you have to be proactive if you want a future. And, and I think that can extend outside of even the hacking conversation and can extend into other issues. If you have other issues, social issues or, um, you know, I, I don't want to name names necessarily because we'll, we'll talk more about this later. But like, right. you know, you say something wrong and, and people get really frustrated the way you're reacting and then you start not getting invited to tournaments, even if it's not a super serious thing. If it is, of course, be proactive. But if there's something small, the more you can do to help yourself the better and right. and i think uh, a lot of people are young in this space and don't quite understand that like hey i this is a potential livelihood that i'm working on and if i don't take this seriously and try to uh, act like a business person i yeah. could lose that livelihood right and right. and i think a great example too is like let's talk we don't have to talk about shifty for a long time but let's talk about shifty for a second at first it was like oh i don't like i'm not gonna bow my head to anybody it was this it yeah. was a little bit of an he would say the same uninflated ego kind of thing where like they're accused me i don't give a shit like i'm the best that's ever been like i can win against anything but then you saw a huge shift in the way he's been talking about it more recently yeah kind of woke up to the fact that like hey if i'm gonna start competing again i'm gonna do everything that i can so he started doing his monitor camps he started doing some foot pedal cams or whatever right like even coming he came on the podcast with katie and i and was very humble with the way he was talking about it and saying look all i want to do is compete i want to do whatever i need to do to do that and i think that's the right way to do it exactly Uh, but doing that immediately is so important
2: if it was from the beginning i don't think Shifty would even had a problem and i've talked to him about it like i'm i'm fairly close to them he knows that but so he's doing right things now and it's it's good i think he'll be fine
1: Well, I think, too, when you when you look at things like this, it's it's depressing to me that this is also the place that we're at where it's basically it's putting the the burden on people who don't even realize that that might be a burden that just today they wake up and have to carry right like uh, mm-hmm. i think you can look at selly for example it, she had an issue with a clip that someone uh, pointed out the other day and she did take the steps ebates that you mentioned immediately was yeah. saying check my C- pc right now like yeah. let's do this right now she ends up getting dropped from a 50k yeah. tournament because of that clip and it, it, I understand, I think, when we talk about um, treating this like it's a business, treating it like it's a job, because realistically it is. But it's also a deeply unfair burden that gets thrown on people with— no recourse and no forewarning either it can be one clip that vaguely has something that looks a little eyebrow raising that could be perfectly innocent or maybe not and then suddenly your entire perspective has to shift mm. and I think there's core issues there that we really need to try and figure out a way to address so that when this does happen there is a more equitable and fair way for people to kind of come back from things like this and I think that's a big part of it as well is how do you come back from this and how are you allowed to come back from this because people are never there there will be many people who will never believe you unless the person they are a fan of says they believe you sure mm-hmm. and until that happens like for example if you're a fan of scumman you're never ever 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 gonna think shifty is legit until yeah. someone says something about it if he i don't think he ever will but if he does then you can turn there and be like oh well I believe everything Scumman says. Ergo, Scumman said this, and I don't have a, an opinion of my own because I don't think on my own. And now I guess I forgive him or don't. And, I, and there's just so many issues there when I look at this from kind of the thirty thousand foot view of how do you begin to deal with that aspect of kind of the roots of the problem that then trickle down what we're talking about now.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a yeah. big one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a big know. one. I don't even. I don't even speak as if i have an answer to it i just yeah like it's these fundamental deep problems that kind of put these people in consistently reactionary uh, i i guess what i mean to say is it it seems like people are in a position right now where they cannot be proactive they can only ever react to things that are outside their control and that's not ideal to keeping a healthy grassroots um community in Warzone, right because i'm mm. sure there's people who have either been cut off at the knees by things like this or look at people like shifty or whoever else and say damn i don't know if i want to go through that i like even if they're legit i don't know if i want to try and compete in Warzone because i don't want to end up like that person mm. and uh, that fundamentally at the grassroots level makes me very concerned as well for
0: sure um, I, I to, to jump this even one step further. So for you Ebates, like with all of this in mind, with where we're at in Warzone, I, I know you're gonna continue to compete. You're competing tomorrow uh, in the customs tournament that Boom's uh, hosting that we're gonna talk a little bit more about later, Katie and I. Uh, but what's uh, what's kind of the future of Ebates look like? Is Warzone content and uh, competition really where you're gonna continue pushing until up until Warzone 2 and, and really kind of play that, uh, hey, I'll be here till the end on the ride or die so that when Warzone 2, you can kind of take off. I mean, I know you're streaming on Facebook facebook now and that's seen some limited success i mean talk to me about the future of ebates
2: yeah so i mean as far as competing um i feel like i lost like a lot of my like desire to like prove myself kind of thing it just sucks like i know i have like this fire in me like when i was earlier verdance and customs came out and i just like like i would do anything to win and like I know I'm like much busier doing content and stuff like that and streaming and I'm doing, you know, doing other stuff, but it just like I don't have that passion. And it kind of, I feel like I got a little bit of it when, when these Reaper attorneys started going up. So I'm feeling a lot better about competing. Uh, as far as competing, I don't know. I mean, yeah, kind of just like cruise control until whatever's next, especially with all the cheating accusations. Like I told you, like talking to Frozen about it, like he's just, he's like, I'm done. Like, and it's just, it it, it sucks like getting into a tournament and you're like, well, they might be cheating like you know yeah. it's like it should never be like that as a competitor like well the person that just killed me like they might be cheating i just don't know so like it's just so like mentally exhausting sometimes so for me like i'm just locked in right now on content stuff i feel like uh i had some people like teach me a lot of things about how to do content how to you know brand yourself and so i've just been kind of diving into that but as far as competing i mean me and dj we we kind of do our thing and i think me him and finesse are going to move forward just run and together and it's just a good group like we don't we don't have egos nobody like you know obviously we want to win but if we lose like we're just going to talk about what we can do better next so i don't know i mean I like right that. now just cruise control on competing and then just you know full throttle on on content stuff like that love it is content
0: going to be focused around warzone up until warzone 2 or are you going to start branching into some other stuff
2: it'll i'll be i'm doing just rebirth stuff right now okay. uh, which is seems to be hot but i mean i kind of just i'm just going to probably go with whatever's trending i yeah. mean at the end of the day like we were talking about this is business so whatever you know whatever i need to do i'll, I'll make sure i do it i like that a lot i like that a lot <laughs>
1: when i look at when i look at this and i think everyone should diversify their bonds if you will you should always have eggs in multiple baskets but it kind of makes me sad ebates to hear you say that when i'm literally staring at your twitter right now and your pinned tweet from only a few months ago let's be real in (laughs) 2021 that you were the 75k twitch rivals champs with iq and a raise and the fact that you're saying that your fire for competing has died when Dwindle. you are someone capable yeah. of that is so it makes me sad and i mean I, I wonder i know you've kind of talked about a lot of things but are you able to uh, kind of uh, distill down a couple specific points of of what kind of killed that drive like one two three
2: yeah i think i had a lot of expectations for the new map and i just don't know if i personally enjoy it i know a lot of people do like it um and then, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just don't enjoy it. And so it's, like, tough for me to, like, just between the loadout stuff and then, like, I don't know. It's just too many, like, factors that were, it just felt like a different game. It wasn't, like, yeah. the same for Dance Warzone. It's a totally, it just feels different. So I think just between that and then, like, not getting my groove or, you know, a set trio, it just kind of, like, spiraled into, like, you know, it just started snowballing into, like, ah, uh, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't like this as much as I used to. Um, Again, like I said, like, I'm still competing. Like, mm-hmm. I'm still going to try my best, but... I just don't have like I used to sit in court, I mean, for hours and watch VODs and do all that stuff and like I just don't I don't do that anymore. I just don't like I don't have that willingness to like learn or do whatever it takes and it like yeah, like it sucks, but that's just more so like my reasoning. I think it's just like between the new map, not having like a set trio early on and then like just not liking the game and you know, rebirth doing really you know, really it's just more fun for me, more fast paced. So it feels like normal war zone, like you know, what it's sure. supposed to be. So there's a that's lot, just, yeah. There's a lot of people that share that
0: sentiment. I mean, Rebirth is, is taken off. We've got the 100K right now. There's multiple yeah. rebirth tournaments coming down the line. I know the CDL is more focused on Rebirth outside of even, uh, you know, the, this event ahead of us. There's 50K coming. I mean, there's there's a lot of events coming around Rebirth and it's it's shown also with viewership on the content side too. I know you said it was picking up. It's kind of hot right now has been mm-hmm. the case. I mean, there's a lot of people that agree with you. So that's not a dissenting opinion. I mean, Lucky basically said the exact same words you just said, right? Uh, yeah. he, he doesn't like Caldera at all. And he loves Rebirth. And so he's going to play what he loves. Um, I I respect that. Okay, last kind of last question, and then we'll let you go along the tournament realm. One of the biggest things people are promoting as best they can, saying this has to happen, this has to happen, this has to happen, is the conversation of lands. Katie and I are going to talk more about it after you hop off. But I want to hear, number one, your opinion on lands. Of course, whether you think they would be fun and worth doing. But also, like I guess another question to ask is like, are you willing to travel around the country to play in lands right now
2: yeah so lands i'm super excited for um i went to a bunch of fortnite ones that's actually kind of how i met like super evan and them they did like a lot of the fortnite stuff and like colors and so i'm super excited for it because i just you know like think about like twitchcon and all that stuff like years ago um i'm excited for it as far as like traveling and stuff i think it's going to be difficult for a lot of people and i think we're going to hear a lot of excuses as to why people can't go or something you know what i mean sure so uh, I mean, hopefully not, but I'm excited. I mean, hopefully there's a big one and everybody can get, get involved. Uh, you know, whether that's qualifiers or whatever. Uh, I'm excited. I think it just kind of gives people like, yo, like this is a big deal. Like let's get involved instead of like, yo, hundred thousand dollar tournament on Thursday. Like be there. Like people get like, yo, we got a hundred K land. Like we got to qualify. We got to do, like, we got to do whatever, like, let's get to that stage. You know, that's a big stage. Like people are excited for it. So I, I think it could kind of, you know, re-spark like a little bit of fire, especially myself for like competing and stuff, which yeah. would be fun. Um, do
1: you think um do you think the tos should be covering all or a portion of travel uh no
2: i think it's like kind of like a bet on yourself kind of thing like you know like if you want to i guess like ooh, hard to say
0: um what what's no. I, let's phrase it this way what's the minimum <laughs> you would travel for like if it was if it was uh, where it, like a general area that you live? Not I'm like Charlotte, in Charlotte. Okay. so... So how far would you go for how little money? Like like ten thousand dollars, or it's
2: got to be a twenty five or a fifty. I think it's got to be a twenty five plus minimum. Okay. I mean, yeah
1: something that uh, basically essentially at minimum is going to cover
2: your expenses yeah and i mean even if like if it's like but the thing is too like money also kind of brings hype to the event so like if you're going and you're like yo i'm going to this like hundred thousand dollar twitch rivals land it's like even if i don't win like hey i still got to meet a bunch of creators and it was worth it for me like you still got you know i i just i hope there's enough build up where it's like it's not just about competing it's like it's an event like right like people are gonna go meet each other um whatever that might be so yeah, but I'd say like I mean it to bring enough attention, like god oh man for a land probably 50 minimum. I mean, yeah. Yeah, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, makes a lot of sense. I think a lot of people share the same sentiment. I, uh, I totally agree with you. Even if you go and you make zero dollars, you can kind of like write it off as a networking expense, right? You get to yeah, spend time yeah, with yeah. people. You got a whole weekend if it's in a good area. I know a lot of people yeah, like totally. to gamble. I'm not promoting that by the way, but you can if you'd like uh, yeah. fun opportunities. I know like even I, I was, I had an opportunity to go to, to champs uh, last year and, and that was just so much fun. I wasn't competing mm-hmm. and it was just a great viewer experience. Right. And I was somebody that was meeting people. It was the time I was uh, you know first able to introduce myself to like Joe and exact and like super having like all those guys in person, which was yeah. really fun. So yeah. um, I, I know a lot of people are looking forward to that aspect of it, even more so than the competing side, although right. the big conversation pieces, all of this could be fixed from the hacker yeah. side to everything with lands and uh, good to hear you're kind of in that sentiment of like, hey, I'll travel, let's make it happen. So for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely cool really cool well hey i think that's all we got ebates <laughs> thanks for joining us uh yeah, today no and, and giving some of your opinions and things i know you hopped in late and uh it was uh it was really cool to hear your perspective around cdlr uh, good luck in that by the way i think we both project you guys to do really really well in that tournament so again really appreciate you uh i appreciate y'all no thanks you guys for having me i'm uh super grateful so yeah man all right we we'll, right, we'll check you later and uh, i'm sure we'll be talking again soon all right y'all peace peace
1: Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I think that was uh, great, uh, when it comes to having someone like Ebates on, um, I think that perspective is extremely valuable to get kind of like the top perspectives and, and everything in between. So, I mean, that e- insight from him specifically when it comes to like, how is this impacting creators and competitors that aren't within, I would say that, that golden circle, yeah. you know, the, the untouchables of the wager chat if you will. <laughs> how How is this, whether it's the allegations, the state of Caldera, et etc., impacting you? And um, I just, again, I, I can't stop looking at that. Like, you have a Twitch Rivals winner. You won a $75,000 tournament and a few months later you're saying you're not interested in competing anymore. I it's just a sad thing to see I know but it's it's, I really it's Caldera
0: like that. I think some people really like Caldera and have really thrived on Caldera uh it, but other people don't I mean it's it's as simple as that I mean I think there were people that weren't that good on Verdance that are a lot better on Caldera for whatever reason one of the main reasons people are saying is because they're cheating but uh, I don't think that's necessarily the case I think the map just plays different right and yeah. uh, and if you really grind the map especially with not everyone competing on Caldera anymore there's more of an opportunity for newer mm-hmm. faces to make a name for themselves Ahsoka is a great example that there's others but hasoka i mean he's top seven earned uh running tournaments as as many as he can but let's continue the land conversation katie this is this is the big piece this is what we've been wanting to talk about a lot today really good to have ebates on and a great segue into this conversation because you and i have had a chance to talk a lot more about lands behind the scenes i have been i will tell the public this right now uh, for the thousands and millions of people watching i'm sure that we have right now right Uh, the uh i have been working on putting together a lan i'm not trolling you for uh, at least eight months now between uh there there is a like two three other events i was trying to do i have a new one that i'm working on now they're all lands and they're all uh exciting but they're hard to execute and i want to talk about why they're hard to execute what's up
1: uh 30 seconds ago. Okay, we're going to get to this, but 30 seconds ago Clutch quote tweeted swish and said we've made peace privately, glad we could move on plus grow from this. Okay. That we'll is We'll get to that, but who, <laughs> baby. Uh, well, for those that go. are unaware,
0: we talked about this on what, two episodes ago in very intensive detail and uh yes. we're going to get to this conversation because Clutch even responded to our vod about the the idea saying that maybe that wasn't possible or otherwise uh we'll uh we'll get to that 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 could uh that's that's a big piece of drama thanks for sharing that katie uh let's talk about lands because this is a big piece okay so i've been working on lands um you had some really fun conversations behind the scenes with some sources about lands and why they're difficult to execute everybody at home knows lands are expensive right the biggest barrier to entry that everybody understands is that lands cost a lot of money compared to an online tournament a lot of logistics a lot of personnel there's no question about it but let's jump into uh besides that and i can break that down a little bit more let's jump into some other issues that come with lands potentially shadow bands which is teased in our title and potentially some other issues so katie what can you give us on info around that topic
1: right so uh, lands are uh, as we know the um the staple of uh, kind of proving your innocence or proving your validity as a player um you're all in a set environment with set pcs that you cannot tamper with or otherwise use all the pcs are same across the board for all the players there um so uh, from the from the competitive side from the to side um lands are kind of that that Uh, perfect environment for for player validity unfortunately um there is a direct conflict with lan when it comes to ricochet and it comes to anti-sheet within call of duty and that conflict and this is something that i heard directly from sources um primary sources on on that matter is that um what happens with lan and the problem with lan when it comes to ricochet is that um players are told you should never ever log into your account and play on a pc that is not specifically your pc that you own and you're the one who handles it because ricochet is so in-depth when it comes to these pcs there is no guarantee you have no idea what has happened with that pc prior to your use of it on a lan and there are certain programs on these PCs that are generally accepted by players as necessary like for example when it comes to things like the um uh, the lag reduction or whatever you would call it for controllers on PC um those programs which are massively used by and large by pretty much everyone to reduce controller input delay and all of that uh those are considered a cheat and will get you shadow banned. That is the reason that there were a number of people coming out of the uh, Baka Bros Wonderland who were shadow banned after the fact, was because they were players who you might be whitelisted, you might be fine on your own setup. But they then went to a computer and logged onto it and were using things like this overclocking software and so far that was pinged on Activision's side as being a cheat and thus they end up getting retroactively shadow banned for it those shadow bans are then removed after conversations are had but that's a huge issue with these lands and one that has no easy resolution or solution right now is that ricochet is going to be able to see into your pc and know what was what is and probably what could be at this point it is able to see into the hard drive it is able to see everything that's happened on that pc and when it considers things like overclocking software for your controller uh, as a cheat that's a really big issue and a huge risk for these players when they go to these lan events to potentially come home and yeah maybe you went to a lan event and proved your stuff but then you come home and you're shadow banned (laughs) by activision there's also no guarantee with these pcs of what has happened on them before you logged into it if there was ever an instance where that pc had cheats or something that thought was thought to be a cheat or was otherwise suspicious you then logging into it retroactively can harm your account and you're standing uh with activision in terms of those shadow bands so uh when i when i learned that i was actually rather shocked right um by by hearing this and i don't know what those solutions are it seems like you could obviously try and get those pcs maybe whitelisted uh before a lan occurs that seems like an exceedingly tedious task i do not know um how quickly a process like that could happen between a to and activision i imagine not quickly uh unfortunately but it's now a a huge wrinkle in it like you go to these lands and you're at risk of coming home and being shadow banned
0: yeah no exactly and i think you there's a high likelihood you will and, and the question becomes hey why if, if overclocking is technically considered a cheat and let's 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 define cheats by the way in terms of ricochet and, and the kernel level uh you know anti-cheat ah. that it is right like uh, i know a lot of people are frustrated with its ability to catch hackers in the game uh, but when it comes to detecting exploits or ways to change the way the game is played even something as simple as overclocking your controller can be flagged as something that is a quote-unquote exploit okay so so worth noting uh, for the future now a lot of our big streamers that maybe got shadow banned in the past doesn't mean that's why it could be and also there is a hundred percent confirmed and I want to be very clear with the way I say this so people don't freak white listing is a thing it is not a thing to give you easier lobbies okay let's be clear this is a huge point of conversation white listing is a thing for large streamers because they get mass reported all the time and there has to be a system to not have them be banned all the time or they'll never play your game right so they are quote-unquote whitelisted under the fact that if they're getting spam reported it's not going to go through and carry them forward into a shadow ban necessarily or at least there's a higher metric to do so which is why they most likely are not being banned on their own pcs but there is a problem going to another pc and katie is you know explained it perfectly Mm -hmm. the big piece is that on those land pcs if they're not custom made to order for the event and it is like an arena that has events you you really start having a big issue around the fact that you have no idea who played on that pc before you and
1: you're going into an uncontrolled environment with your account as opposed to the whitelisted controlled environment that you have already established with activision and ricochet is not going to be able to see the difference within that like ricochet is not going to be able to know well they're whitelisted on their home pc and they're out of land ergo they're fine they're not going to know that
0: and a lot of people playing on land won't be whitelisted right or quote-unquote in that whitelist category so there's a lot of issues that come around with it they are logistical issues that can be circumvented there are issues that you can work on with activision potentially but it is a intensely long process to do so if it is possible aside from the monetary side of things right the monetary side of things is a whole nother conversation it's something that i've dived deep into there are certain arenas that are more feasible just because of the way they structure uh the scheduling of events and some that are not i mean some i'll be very clear like uh, if i were to go to an arena without any prior uh, planning without activation being involved without some sort of like uh, profit sharing or anything and just say i want to rent out your arena for a weekend you're looking for you know from the a third-party sponsor side you're looking at a 40 to 50 to 60k bill at least to rent out that arena if it's large enough to host like a, a warzone customs full map type option there's other ways to do it and i've worked with specifically like a smaller uh you know venues like level up in kansas city that are a lot more willing to work with the people uh competing so there's a lot going on there and i think the ideal situation katie right is that you you Go to a large stadium, you host a, you know, half a million dollar LAN in direct partnership with Activision. All the PCs are being brought in from some PC builder situated in the middle of a football field. Like we're talking like FNCS, like World Cup kind of stuff, like Fortnite World Cup. Like that type of a scale expensive wise yes but limiting from the ricochet side maybe not so much but anything in between that and like a common everyday hundred dollar lan is is going to be very difficult to execute on from a technological side if that all makes sense so wanted yeah, to share at that the
1: end of the at the end of the day the, the short of it is you are putting your account at risk every single time you log into your account from a pc that is not your own And that is going to be an inherent and consistent issue for these players on these lands moving forward, unless there's some sort of process that's set up between those TOs and Activision to uh, either whitelist those PCs or or what have you. And until that happens, I think you're gonna continue to see issues like this. And I I mean, getting brand new PCs, that becomes so unfeasible so quickly in terms of just the sheer cost for these tos like no no to is going to hold multiple LAN events and procure brand new pcs for each new event
0: i know i know you can certainly do like a rent structure where you're like renting out pcs for the event only and having them come in and be installed that's totally fine um and, and a little bit more cost-effective, certainly. Uh, but then you're still talking about you've got to find a venue that doesn't have PCs. Like, y- you can't go to an eSports venue, which therefore makes it way more expensive. Like, there's a lot of, you know, back and forth on this. And I saw somebody in chat say something a, a, a little while ago it's worth mentioning, like, console only uh, doesn't totally fix the problem, but would help the problem to some degree. Uh, there's also issues with, like, IP. So the the venue that is hosting these events, uh, we did a a very small land in kansas city with level up uh with bartonologist i I casted it it was a lot of fun but it was really small and we even for that event had issues uh getting everybody into their accounts and playing without getting banned because everybody was on a similar ip and that gets flagged uh, from the from the get-go so if you're not working directly with activision you're gonna get flagged for everything it's gonna be hard to get around so a lot of planning a lot of prep Um, consoles wouldn't necessarily fix everything but it would help Um, You know, that that then goes back to the idea of like, if we go back to consoles for Warzone, uh, what does that really mean for us in the future, especially with how comfortable these these players are competing at 100 or 200 frames per second on a 1440p monitor and you're having to run a console game And, and we all know console is not great for warzone right now it just no. wouldn't be a good look for warzone can quote-unquote competitive and, and these are issues that we've got to fix asap especially if in warzone 2 katie we're gonna have some sort of a competitive league with lance etc
1: yeah I, I mean i agree there and the thing is is like yes um i think that going to console is one sort of solution but it's just not really a, a feasible one at this point because these these competitive players there's no world in which they will play on consoles they hate it and there is a hugely enormous night and day between playing on console and playing on pc and i mean i'm sure some of them will but i know some of them would not be willing to do that um purely because they would be so frustrated by that experience playing on console so unfortunately i just don't think there's there's any um amazing solutions available to us granted shadow ban how big of a deal that is realistically aside from being a headache for players who get shadow banned and then have to you know, reach out and get it resolved. Maybe for someone like a joe Um, it's not that big of a deal because you're gonna have those direct one to one connections and you can get it done very quickly. It then does become an extremely big deal when you're perhaps someone who goes to one of these lands, uh, for example, like Nico Infinite was there with Crowder. And if he comes home and gets shadow banned, he, his uh pipeline from that shadow ban to recourse is exceedingly more difficult and cumbersome than someone like Joe. So sure. Um, Um, For some people, it's simply a nuisance to deal with. For other people, it can be a game ending experience where they're just going to say i'm shadow banned. screw this i'm going to apex
0: sure yeah especially for like at least a week right that we've seen that happen multiple times i saw clint in the chat say something along the lines of he did a land event small event and uh and then went back home with banned for a full week like that sucks uh and so it, definitely an issue not game ending but something to keep in mind other pieces to land just for y'all's information when you start thinking about it from the back end right you have to make make sure it's worth it for players so we were talking about that with ebates right like if you're gonna have a land it's got to be 50k plus uh for people to travel, I know a lot of people would travel for around 50k, especially early in the lands life cycle that we're probably about to start entering into. Um, but you also have got to think about the fact that if when you start when you start looking at these large streamers, a Huskers, a Jowo, a, a whoever that stream to thousands of people every single day, they stream just about every single day, they make money every single day. They're taking a, a, a part of their time uh, dedicated to their mm-hmm. stream taking time off from their stream and not usually not streaming at these LAN events for all of the views to go to the main broadcast. It's amazing for a general uh, viewer perspective, especially for small streamers to make a name for themselves. Like somebody like an Ebates would love to play at a LAN because they could theoretically make main stage beat out some of the best competition with 30, 40, 50,000 people watching, right? Instead of the X, however many people are watching in his own personal stream or even on a main broadcast online. And there is a a bit of gravitas that comes with a 50k LAN event as opposed to 100k that popped up two days ago that's happening tomorrow like it, it there's just a level of like intensity um with the LAN but there are ways to make it worth it for the big players you you look at things like VIP signings a, a boost specifically for that player to meet fans and all of that stuff different ways to monetize for those players to make it worth their time without directly paying for them to come I mean there are a lot of options there and I think the other thing we can start expecting KD2 is some yeah. of these orgs to step up and start footing the bill for the travel costs. Uh, I think that's totally reasonable in terms of uh, yeah. promotion, et cetera, and something that maybe could start being expected if we start seeing a lot more lands.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, so when it comes to lands, guys, I can I can speak to this from a talent side perspective, and I know Goj can as well. Um, if I am asked to fly anywhere for anything, my travel is covered yeah that is because the travel is part of my work um so uh, hotels travel is is covered food not always sometimes yeah great if it is um fine if it's not but uh when it comes to these lands if we're going to start doing more of them uh i very much so think that there needs to be budgeting for covering at least the flight maybe maybe not the hotel maybe not per diems when it comes to to food and what have you but when it comes to that travel cost uh that is an enormous factor for a lot of these people is can i afford hundreds of dollars in travel expenses to then go to an event miss out on streaming time and come down what potentially down like thousands coming away from this event and then you're just never going to go to another one because it's not financially feasible If you want to have these lands, you have to be prepared to budget at minimum for the flight. And I think if you're saying flights are covered, then, or at least a certain dollar amount of a flight, say, hey, each person's getting 500 toward flights, um, that is going to go a long way. But yeah, I I think... um, those are definitely going to be steps needing to be taken for sure
0: yeah i'll be curious to see what those steps are who's going to take the first leap i know there's some lands coming based on the conversations that i've had with certain people out there especially still kind of in the midst or tail end of covid and there's still a lot of precautions that have to be had but we've seen the cdl go back to lands and we know there's more coming i could expect that it is going to be have to be activision uh blizzard taking that first initial large land event rather than a third party sponsor it is too much of a risk for a third party sponsor to come in and throw a hundred thousand dollar land right now it's a huge risk, it's doable, but it's a massive risk, and you'd have to partner with the best of the best to make sure it's an incredible event, especially if you're trying to be first to the market. Um, you know, there's more to, to talk more about that. I mean, I, I could certainly help with that, but I am not the most informed with lands. Like, there are more people that have done this a thousand times. You'll want to work with a production company that's done 10s, 15s, 30, yes. 30 different lands, or you're going to run into some technical issues that completely could shaft everything you're doing and, and ruin your brand image, right? There, there's a lot of risk associated with lands that maybe an uh, activision blizzard direct sponsorship wouldn't necessarily take as much risk
1: yeah and i think uh and and here's the thing you don't you don't need a production company that's familiar with esports you need a production company that's familiar with putting on live in-person events and uh for example that's exactly what we had i, I keep referencing the wonderland because i think for a first event from them and for a lan event it was incredibly well done the production team at go poker Fuck if they know anything about <laughs> esports. They don't. They don't. And it didn't matter because they had the program. They had the direction laid out to them by Braca Bros on exactly what the format was going to be, what they needed to do, and how they needed to execute on it. When I got there. From start to finish. They had runs of show. We were yeah, going sir. through our our practice rounds with production, um, with Lucky and Jay God and myself. Like that production crew knew exactly what they needed to do to make that event shine and they executed on it. But I I mean, I agree. Like production, they don't have to be familiar with esports to execute but they do need to know how to execute on a good production right they need to right. know what are you going to do with the transitions and the calls who's going to be in who's the producer in your ear when are you uh, going to the desk when are you not there's just so many things in it that you don't have to have that esports knowledge it's definitely helpful um but a- as long as you have a production company that knows what they are doing uh, a lot of it they can learn on the fly because at the end of the day they're there to have the lights camera action not so much the nitty gritties of the tournament itself sure
0: and i think uh, if you have the correct hosts and you have the correct casters to be able to provide some of that insight behind the scenes even if you don't have everything perfectly executed you can carry forward stalls i mean you can see that even at HCS or anything else that's happened where the casters really carry the show and and that's what that's what happens when you have great personalities they can carry through some technical issues uh, or otherwise and so what i'm excited about with warzone lands is that the potential of activision blizzard to get involved to put together something large that's really where you're going to see a lot of your payout because mm-hmm. not only will you start having some audiences show up for that which is great you also start seeing some real true value on main broadcasts that we really haven't seen uh in terms of not only viewership but also just an overall entertaining experience warzone the overall warzone landscape in terms of tournaments is is great in terms of the number of tournaments and the amount of money right like i've got all the calculations from warzone earnings it's like 1.509 million has been put into warzone tournaments since caldera dropped. that's like less than five months ago That it started and uh, the the success of that is fantastic in terms of the players doing their own content but Mm -hmm. our main broadcast can only provide so much value because of the limited perspectives that we can offer customs are slightly different right katie like you and i cast all the time in customs and we can provide overarching storylines and when you start getting everybody watching on the same feed all together there's so much more hype around that and you can get the crowd shots and all of that. So when you start having a crowd of a thousand people, that's great, but you're also going to see, I mean, Baka Bros. saw what, it was like 35,000 uh, at least average or something around that number throughout the entirety of the event on Twitch, which kind of starts re-associating this level of competitive play with Warzone that everybody's sort of written off as like a joke because of the issues that we've seen with lack of spectator modes as well as like hackers or otherwise.
1: Well, right. I think one of the things about that we we talk about uh, when you're doing those lands, there is no co-streaming competition. Yep. And what I mean by co-streaming is the players are playing at home, so they're able to stream, so they will command their viewership. And there might be some sharing between them and the main broadcast, but it's exceedingly minimal. It's usually people coming in and demanding to know why the leaderboard isn't working, but it's because <laughs> they're not spelling the word correctly in the command. Whereas when you're on land, those players directly are all going to be there. All of their viewers are coming together into one specific location to watch what that does is create much better opportunities for these lands to monetize them right you can say we expect to hit ccvs of x amount right now and that's going to get you more sponsors to put on something like a land or maybe make it bigger or up the prize pool or help cover travel costs whatever it may be but I i think land there's there's so many benefits to it but i feel like A lot of these people, I know that there's ones in the works, right? I know that for a fact, but um, I think a lot of people also might be waiting kind of for some of those go-aheads from... Activision in terms of the nods of we want to see more of these. There's going to be people who will go at it alone and raise their own prize pools and do their own thing, but I think it would really go a long way to have, um, Activision either put one on or be sponsoring that prize pool and whatever effect or something, something along those lines.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I, I totally agree, Katie, and I think we've, we've kind of hit all the points we wanted to with lands If you guys have questions on lands it's a great time to kind of shout us out here, uh, before we carry on to the last couple, uh, topics for the, for today. Thanks for tuning in thus far. If you have if you have questions or thoughts mm-hmm. on land tournaments, feel free to DM uh Grandmaster Goge on Twitter as well as Worlds Bedford on Twitter. Our mm-hmm. links are down below if you're watching it live right now. Also, exclamation point socials, DMs open, ask questions. We want to have a larger conversation around lands going forward because they're really important to have. And mm-hmm. if the first land tournament, Katie, I think this is important the first land tournament, the first couple land tournaments are third party. Uh, we wanna make sure, unlike some events that have maybe happened in the past, we wanna make sure that hopefully, whether it's us or other people can be a resource to make that a great product. Because if our first Warzone land we see, $100,000 is garbage, I say first, I mean like really full customs, full production audience, the mm-hmm. first that when we that we see of those, if it is garbage, it will be the nail in the coffin when it comes to quote unquote competitive warzone, which of course Katie and I are extremely passionate about. So hopefully that makes sense. Please DM us if you have any thoughts, questions, comments, and uh, we would love to talk about. It. Also, we'd love to cast any events that come up. I mean, let's just be honest. Uh- <laughs> uh okay so talked about the lands katie i I think there's a a tournament tomorrow we want to mention and there's also one more conversation around monitor cams that i know we wanted to talk a little bit more about ebates mentioned it so before we get to the 15k and kind of finish off uh today let's talk about monitor cams let's talk about cameras in general around the competitive warzone scene because that is a hotly debated topic right now
1: yeah so monitor cams should you be required to have one to compete is it fair to have one to compete what what about face cams money cams all the different issues surrounding that um that's come up a lot recently uh in debates about uh certain cheating allegations unveiled being one of those that kind of spawned a lot of this continued discussion about it and i mean when i when i look at this initially the monitor cam debate um and and you've heard me talk about this offline quite a few times is that uh let's be let's be very clear players opt in to tournaments tournaments do not opt in to players so i don't particularly care If you don't want to monitor cam, if that is something a tournament's dictating, and frankly, I have no issue with tournaments doing that, I think they should do that more or have some sort of camera, whether it's face cam or monitor cam, like, fine, let's implement that. If it makes people feel more comfortable in the people they're competing against, I, they're not there to cater to you if you want to compete in tournaments if this is what you want your livelihood to be there are certain obligations that you have to be able to meet and something like a monitor cam and or a camera in general is is kind of a bare minimum so when i see uh when i see people kind of lamenting this or having general issues with it um it, it kind of reeks of some entitlement to me uh because again you as a player are opting into the opportunity to play in a competition a TO is putting on and putting on for money that you can potentially earn. They owe you nothing in that regard, and it is not their priority to be catering to whether or not you have a camera. So if you want to be competing here, yes, you need to be proactive in those steps to get a camera if you need to use it. Honestly, if you wanna be proactive and throw a money cam on just to have it there, uh, I, I don't think that's a problem, but everyone should have a camera available to use when they are told to use it even if you don't want to use it all the time if you have one you should in case someone asks you to use it
0: i think uh, i think that's right i i want to say I, I put out a tweet i pulled it up on a screen right now about i really wanted to hear serious arguments against forcing face cams as well as monitor cams or or one or the other uh, because there have been some some joke things around it but also some like not super serious like i don't want to or um i you know some people just say oh I just play better without it on I mean I, I, I even joked about it on broadcast with you Katie about like no cam noobs right he turned up when he turned his camera off I don't know if that was the reason why necessarily or just happened to be that he was playing better
1: sure usually when they're turning off their cameras they're also turning off their focus on their chat and their stream
0: yeah exactly they're like really locked in and so Let's jump back a little bit and start looking at any real arguments against it, uh, okay. and, and talk about what we think about that. I made this tweet, and there was some decent conversation back and forth. Some jokes, some not. Uh, and uh, I think one of the big ones that came up—I'll see if I can find it in here—was uh, number one, especially when it comes to sub- <laughs> no night. Not some people play naked. We don't need to worry about that. Um, you know, so right here, this is the big Being,
1: one. Like, by the way.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, he's a troll. This was a big one right here, is that affecting their play, but it's the anxiety conversation uh, as well as the, like, hey, not only anxiety conversation, but also... To be honest, like, maybe they're not somebody that shows their face on camera ever on stream. I mean, there's plenty of competitors that don't stream with a face cam. I mean, even Scumman, who does stream with a face cam sometimes, usually doesn't. He just plays the game, and that's what he does. There are certain people that, like, they have chosen with their Twitch account to never show their face, and that is their prerogative. So let's kind of talk through that for a second of, like, the anxiety of having your face on camera, as well as what would that even look like if we started mandating face cams in particular.
1: Uh I'm going to go back to what I previously said. Uh the TO is not here to babysit your feelings on things, right? If you are choosing to be a competitor, if you are choosing to compete in a sports environment, you are opting in to scrutiny from casters, criticism from viewers, and a certain expectation of being viewed and being showcased by the competition that you are opting into. If you choose not to do one of one or more of those things and you choose to rebuff one or more of those things then maybe competition is not for you i have a huge grievance with people who compete whether it's warzone or otherwise and this happens in a lot of other esports uh dota is actually a great example of this where you you get competitors or professionals who are are very um very uh hostile to criticism and are hostile to having to kind of uh bend themselves to the competitions that they are choosing to engage in and um i I just think that's a very um kind of silly point of view to be coming from right like you are opting into a competitive environment and all the things that surround a competitive environment and that means those standards right I, i don't think face cams are nearly as important as as a monitor cam but again you're opting into something they are not opting into you if you don't like those things you don't have to participate but forcing people to kind of bend to what you want to do when it comes to something like competition where there is money on the line tough shit get over it and either uh either accept them or don't play
0: i think uh i I agree katie and i think a a good way to say this too is like look i think if you if you have anxiety with turning your camera on that is totally fine and like totally reasonable too like it is it causes a lot of anxiety for people to be on camera and show their face to potentially thousands of people even less than that can be really anxiety ridden and, and really start you know, kind of taking away your focus from the game that you're trying to play. Totally respect and understand that. the The problem becomes, hey, when it comes to a tournament, ten thousand dollar plus tournament in particular, if the anxiety is really what takes you out of the the competition, then you got to take care of that on your own. And that maybe comp- competing is not something that's for you, right? Because this yeah. is necessary for us to go forward. A lot of people say moderate cams don't work. Monitor cams don't work. They can be easily hidden from. Agreed, unless you position them correctly. So when we start talking about the face cam slash the monitor cam situation let's really drop it back to how monitor cams are supposed to be used it can't be a camera that sits in front of a monitor that that's all you can see because you can do the crazy workarounds of like obs you know duplicating Mm -hmm. it needs to be a monitor cam that's behind you as a person that shows your back and looking at the monitor that we can then see the gameplay on to see if there's the red boxes or whatever right um and not only that it also is helping prove that you are playing as opposed to somebody else. There's been some allegations around certain people in the scene that they maybe weren't playing on a certain tournament. It was somebody else playing for them. And that could be an issue, especially if it's a, if it's like a gender specific tournament or something like that. I, there's there's a lot that goes into this conversation and there's nothing that is going to fix the problem, but we need to do, we need to start doing the bare minimum when it comes to, to tournaments, especially with the amount of money and the the, the livelihood that Ebates was talking about if we aren't doing the bare minimum there's really no expectation that we're going to do anything at this point especially if ricochet is not able to help us like we we've got to do something and Uh, to tease a little bit we've got a larger conversation coming in some future episodes with somebody that has even a a longer process outside of just the monitor cam but we gotta start with the monitor cam like it it has to be a thing you have to have some sort of camera that shows you and your setup at least to some degree in tournaments i i I cannot get around that idea
1: no i i completely agree with you and at the end of the day again it's not a to's responsibility to compromise competitive integrity for your feelings And I I know that sounds harsh and I know I'm saying in a harsh manner, but I'm doing that for a reason, because, again, I go back to the fact that this is a competition and considering the state war zones in right now and considering all of the factors that already impact the integrity of competition, uh, it it, I, I just cannot abide or at least give much weight to the I don't want to put a face cam or a money cam on because it makes me anxious when it is much more important for the TO to take steps to preserve integrity of their tournaments, which impacts having tournaments at all and the longevity and health of tournaments in this scene over you saying, I don't want to put a camera on because again you're you're not being forced to do this this is an opportunity that you are choosing to take a part in and when you choose to take a part in something you are also choosing to abide by the rule sets that are put forth for you and if you don't want that don't play don't expect them to change everything for you
0: yeah no and i agree and this could be even taken a step further if there was some intrusive download like crazy intensive application that was an anti-cheat that you had to download and like let's scan every ounce of your pc and there's security issues behind that like this is a step too far that i'm talking about but it's the same concept if that was required to play in a tournament it's opt-in. Like, you just gotta opt-out if you don't want this to be a part of the way you compete or what's a part of your PC. It really goes the same way for monitor cams, etc. The only argument and i will give them credit i was going to try to pull it up in the comments i couldn't find it the only argument that i i somewhat understand is not the i don't have a face cam you can buy the cheapest face cam out there for like 20 30 bucks right. if you really can't buy the face cam and you actually have issues like seriously like dm me or something like i will i will if you are a true competitor and and you don't have the funds to buy a camera i will buy you a 20 dollar camera i'm not trolling you at all right oh now.
1: you're about to get swindled <laughs> just dm me
0: but that to say i'm kind of joking but not really that to say that that can't really be an the one issue that we will run into occasionally is that when you are streaming and playing a game especially warzone mm-hmm. frames are an issue and the uh the yeah. quality at which your game uh can put out a product that you can compete on is an issue and a, and a really big issue in warzone in particular and adding in more equipment like a camera like hardware like that onto your stream does add load yeah. uh, we have confirmation of that and i know there's some people that have, have mentioned that i was specifically talking i believe it was if jason i think his name is jason yes. um that that mentioned that topic and i think that is a true and valid concern especially with this the, you know the price of pc parts and stuff like that uh but this is a, a another barrier to entry into the tournament scene that's just an unfortunate part about warzone right now that we can't really control um so just kind of keep yeah. that in mind um going forward is that like the organizers can't control the state of warzone we can they can only really react to it and if that means the more limiting factors for players unfortunately that's really what it means until there's avenues to get around it that's at least my opinion
1: right well, and I, I agree. I think uh, when it comes to things like Wi-Fi versus fiber for versus whatever, uh, or the quality of the PC you're using, for example, a lot of that can very much so negatively impact you if you're adding things on like cameras and, as you said, increasing that load. Uh, and, and that is kind of one of the few arguments that I'm, I'm very much so sympathetic to, but Again, that's not really a TO's problem. I think TO's, if those are concerns of yours or issues of yours, you should reach out to the TO's, see if there's a workaround, see if there's something you can do, whether it's with your phone or otherwise to find a workaround for the issue. But again, at the end of the day, like that sucks, but that's not really the TO's issue to be solving. And it sounds callous, but... The TO, it's not their job to cater to you, and but but also these TOs, they want you to be there. They want to work with you, so you should reach out to them. You should never just, you should never go into it and assume that it's chalked from the get-go. Always reach out. Always say something. This goes back to when we talked about the uh, streamer mode versus not streamer mode and people who had it not even bothering to vote because they knew that they'd lose. That's not how that works. You make your voice heard because you never know if there's a situation or a solution available that is unknown to you until you say something. So a lot of this, I think, can be alleviated, but by trying to work and find workarounds with those TOs. Uh, but there are definitely legitimate ones. Like, as you said, uh, whether it's your internet strength or how good your PC is or what have you. Um, but, but still at the end of the day, I have to lean back and say, I I mean, that sucks, but that's not the to's responsibility
0: sure totally fair well i want to jump straight into we have two more topics to go through today i want to jump straight into the tournament that is tomorrow katie you and i are going to be commentating a fifteen thousand dollar charlie intel in boom tv production i'm going to pull up the tweet in front of us here I might be a little zoomed in, but I think this will all still work out. So, if you guys didn't know, there's a $15,000 tournament tomorrow. Katie and I will be on the broadcast, which is exciting to get back into the booth together. Uh, It is tomorrow at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern time is when it starts. And it is Trios Customs. We haven't seen a Customs in a while. Katie and I haven't casted a Customs in a while. And I love 2v2s, don't get me wrong. But Customs are a lot of fun, especially for us in the booth. So, we'd love for you to tune into that. But Boom has also been slowly but surely... uh, talking about all the teams that are playing in it. So uh, I'm going to scroll down here and kind of show some of these teams as we kind of talk about them just briefly to give you an idea of who's playing because there's some pretty good trios in this event.
1: Yeah, uh just uh in advance, I'd like to say congratulations to TBE on winning this tournament. <laughs> I know that going continue to propel all of them toward that six-figure mark for Caldera earnings. <laughs> as much as it is a joke, I mean, when it comes to these trios, that's always gonna be the one that skyrockets to the top of your list uh as most likely to at least be guaranteed to place somewhere in the money. But yeah, uh, I mean we can start scrolling through and, and talking about some of these teams because there's some very, very very good trios uh that i think can make an impact here and shake things up especially in a custom format
0: yeah i mean vapid zam uh they won our 50k right i mean they are they just won a crap ton of money like a month and a half ago or whatever that was a month ago and uh, they're gonna try to replicate it in uh in a customs format which i know they're talented enough to do that i'll be curious to see what they're able to do with hadzi uh by their side that's a pretty good trio uh and then another trio this one just slightly different than usual doesn't look like hasoka is on this squad for whatever reason i think he's busy with uh maybe an in-person event with Jukis. I can't remember. But War's Prodigy in Skullface is a fantastic trio. Skull in Wars in particular play together quite a bit. Be fun to watch that trio. Uh, This is a classic, right? Flanked, a picnic basket, and Nick Cool. Uh, I actually watched this three compete in a Rebirth tournament. It was a chain games event. Uh, They played together in that. So uh there's some uh there's some really good teams uh we'll keep
1: next on. one by the way if you scroll down a little bit i'm quite excited about oh, this yeah. team classic so they could go very far that is a uh, brawlic foreign jace and exact one of those trios um i I think they could be very explosive make a make a huge impact within this um within this tournament and uh, as you continue to look there's there's a few of these teams that um i i would say are lesser known but i think could always shake things up and that's that's one of the storylines i hope for the most when it comes to tournaments like this is i want to see the upset i i think it's a more exciting tournament if tbe doesn't place in the money
0: sure sure i mean that's totally fair i mean somebody like uh sit rep, jesse cooks and woxy's like sure. they're a streaky team if they're on they can certainly place into the money we saw sit rep in here earlier so shout out to him uh Wokes, great jesse cooks has been improving a ton recently right. and uh been doing well in some tournaments uh you've
1: who's got wait i just realized this who's noobs playing with oh wait i'm a moron with tbe i was wondering because i was looking yeah. and I literally was just talking about them because i scrolled down to unrational huskers and scummin oh and... Yeah,
0: you're thinking huskers and noobs or what whatever
1: my, my brain broke but that's fine it's been doing that a few times today but something about these two trios that I was noticing go to, I mean Z Sue, and Z colors and then you have unrational huskers and scummin I would love at some point to see an unrational Z Smith and scummin trio I think yeah. that would be an exce- I have to I would say noobs but he's always going to be with TV uh I would love at some point in a tournament to see those three play together.
0: Yeah, I think Smith can filter into just about any team and make a big difference. Uh, I, I think you're totally right, especially when Aiden's not playing. There's a lot of options for Smith, but he has played with Stu and Colors and a number of customs, and that's kind of his co- uh, customs trio if Aiden's not playing. A couple of the teams I saw Clay say, yeah, there's a lot of underdogs. I totally agree. A lot of underdogs in this event. Uh, we talked about Jesse Cook's team. Not necessarily an underdog, but maybe a little less known. Uh, Hobu great player vision and grama lock i only know them because i run warzone earnings and so i constantly am putting in small events that they're grinding through and, and podium finishing on this tree will be fun to watch uh i haven't seen angel walks compete in quite some time playing with heist great young player uh i don't know carnage well i could double check warzone earnings in a bit if i am mistaken i have to think back on that uh good to see angel- uh, angelica excuse me in this event mm-hmm. with uh, jdr and din i've seen din's make some waves uh you know you've got flex uh palook and tojo uh these mm-hmm. are uh somebody's gonna have to correct me i can't remember region wise where they're at i knew the answer until i looked at their faces and then i was like i just blanked. Uh, i'll double check okay. my my spreadsheets later but this is a fun team i've seen them compete a couple times not a lot though And then uh, this is another streaky squad. I mean, Queen Biddy, attracted and Kim. Mm -hmm. Kim is definitely there. Attract and Queen Biddy are very, very close, Um, Mm -hmm. IRL and otherwise. Uh, Finescent, of course, a demon in his own right, so that trio is nasty. Jared, Tricky Rick, and Dracota, they played together. I mean, Tricky Rick and Jared have played together for a really long time, but Dracota played with them in... um, cdlr stuff and they placed fairly well i don't yeah. think they made it out of qualifiers but they have some kim that'll be a fun team to watch and good to see dracota back competing
1: yeah breadman joe o, and fifa is actually one that i am extremely excited to watch it's a little bit farther down but it's kind of another one of those back-to-back really solid squads breadman joe o, and fifa swag super evident booyah um are, are some trios in particular i'm excited to see how fifa kind of meshes in with Breadman and joe oh, i think that could be a very very explosive squad and something interesting to note as well it seems like um on the women's side of thing there could be some shufflings of trios and players you consistently see together maybe starting to split off and one of those is going to be uh Smixi and kens usually that third is going to be britney but this time their third is z jelly britney's in this tournament with other players uh but that's something to note as well is that that is the, the. Does what we see here kind of lend itself to maybe they're not going to be playing as trios anymore in tournaments like this?
0: yeah i think a lot of people are starting to try something new i mean we've seen a couple things i mean we even had it in our notes like the uh noobs and queen co-ed split right like people are shifting around and shuffling their teammates and thinking about new players to play with if they haven't been winning in a while it doesn't necessarily mean somebody's bad or worse or better but it just means that maybe the kim's not there to execute and that's totally fair i mean you saw uh, we we talked to blast on a podcast not too long ago about uh his split with mutex it, more recently because they're a bit more of a we can call them a streaky duo or hot-headed duo it doesn't right. matter uh there are some issues there and they're both really talented and i love this trio blast has played with slack and app before uh slack mm-hmm. in particular and app booth had a great run in our uh of course our, our 2v2 tournaments but they're kind of coming into their own on Warzone and have won a nice. decent amount of money adding blast to the mix i i like it i think their comms are going to be chaos and it's going to be great but this trio will be fun to watch and then yeah the 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 Joeo Breadman combo, but you add in a FIFA kill. This is a team. Oh, this is I'm a team excited. that can be nasty, nasty. I know they've played in a couple of collateral's together, some smaller event customs. Um, so this is something that they're going to kind of execute on a larger scale, hopefully, um, in this event. And the next one I'm really surprised about, Katie, not because this trio is surprising. I'm hmm. surprised to see Swag playing. I I don't think I could tell you the last time I saw Swag play in a tournament that was less than twenty five thousand dollars and was a customs
1: yeah i mean booyah has made it clear that he's only ever going to play in these tournaments with swag and unfortunately swag had prior um he had some some conflict come up in that 50k for the end of the boom 100k where he stepped out and booyah said i'm not playing if he's not playing so uh this is the first time i think we can get to kind of see them back together in, in a tournament recently um but i agree i mean it's a smaller size tournament but, um, I'm very excited for for this t- trio and to see how they perform in it. so, um, I-, I think they've definitely got potential to certainly um place in money if not maybe win it outright.
0: Yeah, another team, Nobu Azen and bling c j. Uh, these are our Canadian friends. Uh, Azen was the guy on main broadcast during the uh what was that the fifty k 50K... mm-hmm. it was the one Merkin Maven casted. Tim the Tapman is 150k, that's what it was. I was like, What tournament did we not cast? And there was like one. Uh, <laughs> a- Azen was on screen a ton during that event, the 2v2, and Azen was crying, like twisted out of his mind. He-, he plays at an insanely high sense on uh mouse and keyboard, and uh, the only barrier he's ever had to entering the tournament scene is he's not great, uh, English speaker, and so uh, playing with a French Canadian uh, players like Nobo and Bling uh works well for him he's very talented that trio could do really well and then this is the trio that you mentioned which is Smixy, kins and jelly uh i know smix and jelly have played quite a bit together kind of on and off and uh and then of course kins i mean kins is i think top female earner in the game smix is right behind her uh i think they're like 22nd 24th overall i mean they're they're deadly
1: kens is just phenomenal i every time i see her in a tournament i get excited like watching her evolution has been um a real trait, and we'll also see her CDLR she's the captain for the Seattle surge team um, that we talked about in that emergency lobby earlier that we anticipate to be one of those teams making out of the top five in semi group B Um, I I really am excited to watch this uh, this trio play and definitely Ken's in particular she is an explosive highly aggressive player and I would have to assume no root top is safe (laughs) yeah I agree
0: totally agree five Sunday in uncivil queen that's a fun one i there i don't know what it is i swear every single time i watch sunday play she is in the in circle one way or the other do they have a ton of kills always no but they are there in the in circle almost every single time and kill multiplier format it works you got to pick up kills along the way we'll see if uncivil queen and five by five can help in that category
1: for that is I, yeah. I think they'll be able to place well for multipliers but my big question is can you yeah. also um couple that with a decent amount of kills
0: yep yep Brittany braxton valid hands Brittany and valid played ton of events together uh i know that valid is very talented young demon braxton i believe is 20 if i remember uh kind of on a come up as well he talked about uh, a lot of things he's been working on behind the scenes on in the customs category in particular uh, mm-hmm. I, that the team could do really well if uh, they execute tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Queen Eliminators back into the tournaments with Traverse and Shimerta, Not a bad trio at all. And then, of course, you've got TBE. I mean, sure. I don't even need to say anything about them. Everybody knows. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it combined, by the way, I'll literally pull it up right now. Let's go.
1: 150k plus roughly combined.
0: Yeah, I mean, Almond here it is. 100- Almond has hundred k. Tommy's got eighty four k. News has got sixty three k. So what is that? Two hundred and fifty k, roughly. Yeah, two hundred and forty seven. Uh, to, to combine, that's a quarter of a million dollars between the three of them that they've earned. I mean, you know, nice
1: uh <laughs> yeah, and then uh kind of that final one uh, as we get to the end of what boom has tweeted out they'll i'm sure continue if they're not done already to tweet out these teams but then you have Rated Myapo and autorize uh i am so thrilled that raided seems to be getting back into the competitive scene um and is someone who has greenlit does want to come on the podcast so we will have him on at some point um but rated Myapo autorize another team i think could do exceptionally well here
0: No, I agree. I mean, they've they've played together as a trio for a while, ever since Aiden and Raiden kind of split up in customs and in particular, even 2v2s. But when they split, uh, Raiden immediately went over to Mayapo Autorize and said, hey, what if we ran? And they did well. And they've got the Kim and the skill to to win win tourneys. They just kind of need to piece it all together. Um, you know we've seen some some crazy things happen with rated where either his internet goes out at the beginning of an event he gets a sub and then the sub ends up winning the tournament with Mayapo or otherwise i mean there's there's been some funny conversations around that but this will be a, a potentially first big event that this trio would win together and kind of continue to solidify that they you know they can start being lumped into the conversation of great trios like a TBE like a Husker's coming on rational like a, a what have you so uh be fun to see but yeah those are all of our our teams traditional bands i believe are playing six games uh we've got the boom rules as well uh to be able to go over a little bit of that but it, it sounds like it's just a kind of traditional customs tournament which is which is great because we haven't seen that in a long time
1: i'm always a fan of customs i know that my opinion may differ i know that two videos are exciting to watch and they they really are but there's something about the competitive threshold being elevated when it comes to a custom that um i i love as a caster um especially when I, i like mini royales but when it's the traditional customs and you get to watch the best of the best go up against the best of the best um that high level competition is always going to be excellent to watch and we'll get to watch it uh tomorrow and i hope everyone here joins us in that broadcast but uh I think uh, I think we've kind of covered that. So, Gojo, I don't know if you want to kind of bump on to the next thing. Yeah. Last,
0: last last piece of conversation is really an update uh, of what we had talked about about yeah. two two episodes ago. And again, we thank everybody for tuning in today. This is a this is a fun piece of conversation. I say to some degree uh, is the the convo around clutch Buck. Uh Katie and I had a fairly lengthy conversation around what we would do if we were clutch to get back into the tournament scene he has been tweeting uh incessantly about wanting to get back into the tournament scene what can he do to be unquote unquote blacklisted if that's even a thing and uh, how does he be able to play again and one thing that katie uh, was so eloquent in the way she put this was it was essentially hey look like if you want to get back into the tournament scene you, you can't keep the- complaining about it is not going to help what's going to help is getting to the people that were directly involved, the swishums, the Queen Shadows, in directly and personally apologizing and going from there. That that's really your only way forward. Um, and I'm not sure we had influence on that, but it was noted that uh, he made another tweet about that. And one of our viewers at home, shout out to you guys, uh, new mm-hmm. viewers of the bot lobbies, we'll call you guys bots. Maybe one of our bots uh, <laughs> tweeted at him with our VOD from YouTube and said, "Check this out." Go- gojin and Katie say we really think it's like the only way forward. Forward. he said great take i don't think this is going to help but we'll see and then later uh swisham and i'll pull this back up on screen him tweeted out a uh, a twit longer about the clutch belt mm-hmm. situation uh i can open this i don't know if the formatting will yeah. show well but oh it actually does not too bad say
1: go ahead and open that um just to provide some extra context around this so um our podcast was linked um Clutch responded to it. I responded to Clutch um, and basically told him that uh, if... If he truly wants to come back, this is something that needs to get resolved directly with these people. Is that something that he... If that's something he truly wants, which is to compete again. And he had had responded to me and he had said, I apologized and moved on just because my apology wasn't accepted by them is fine. I know that I was genuine and that's all that matters. Can't please everyone. Plus, all I'm looking for is a timeline from Activision themselves as to if my blacklist will be removed so that I can move on. Now, he then deleted that response to me i'm i'm not exactly sure why um i i'm not a i don't hate the fact that he deleted it because i don't think it was really the best response but uh, again the the road forward for him must start and has seemingly started with these updates and the twit longer that goge has pulled up it must start with him resolving this with swish and by extension queen but but primarily swish um and it must be a public resolution between them and i talked to swish because she saw um the tweets and the responses i just mentioned between clutch belk and myself and we had a long conversation um last night about it and she reiterated to me um and it what she is reiterating here in public that she doesn't have ill will toward clutch she just doesn't agree with the way that this was handled but she is not a vindictive hateful person she does not want to see him be someone who's punished forever and what i think she did here culminating in all of this she doesn't want to deal with this anymore she doesn't want to have to think about this anymore she does not want to have to receive her hate from his community or to have it weigh on her heart either and so she put out this twit longer and um kind of basically just said like look he hasn't directly apologized to me but like i don't really care like i forgive you you're fine i don't think you're an awful person and we can read bits and pieces of this go if we want to or in its entirety since you guys can see it but um she put out this twit longer and i i thought it was so excellent the way that she worded this and was extremely mature Uh, of her to put this out because again keep in mind guys this is someone choosing to do this when they've not actually been this is the aggrieved party who's not actually been apologized to um kind of having the maturity to to be the first one in a situation where they don't need to be the first one to say let's move on
0: yeah, I mean, we can we can talk about this extensively. And I know we even talked about having Clutchbuck on at some point that yeah. we would love to have a larger conversation with yeah, him. would love to have Clutch him. on.
1: As Swish as well at a different time. Yeah. Um, I would love to have them on to kind of talk about this and talk about themselves. But but yeah, yeah. so she put up with a lot.
0: Yeah, run. and so like, the idea here is that she's forgiving him regardless of him not privately deeming her. I think that was the biggest issue that Katie mentioned was like, hey, he did a public apology. He did two public apologies. One was probably a bit better than the other one, but it was more so an apology. <laughs> he should
1: be apologizing too.
0: yeah sure it was like uh, apologies to the general public not to the people he he directly were um it was was i guess all of his comments were directed at two specific people not the public so those are the people he should be apologizing to not the public yes. right uh and, and so with that in mind swiss just said look it, it didn't happen and uh i'm gonna go ahead and, uh, and just say look i forgive you let's move on can we can we yeah. move on i know like even at one point she was blocked still by him or something which was crazy but uh the tweet notably blew up and really got a lot of attention from a lot of people everybody that even supports clutch like like a like a z lane or destroyer either, or otherwise said this is really classy you know thanks for saying this because yeah. she didn't owe this to him at all let's be very clear like she didn't owe She's this not- to him at all and this opened up a door for a put if there was a blacklist or, or him not being allowed in tournaments, which at least is some some level, probably not like a true blacklist, but at some level, he wasn't being allowed to play in events. This is a step towards allowing
1: him to compete I would say again. The lock has been, it's been, the door has been unlocked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and, and Swish did it. The door and then go through the door. Yes. Yeah. And, and Swish was the one to unlock the door for him. Um, and again i think that's incredibly um mature of her to to do that and again though the onus then swings back to clutch and it's really always been in clutch's court the ball yeah and we'll see based on his response to this yeah i'll go ahead and pull um, that up Yeah. And this is something I mentioned earlier because I saw it pop up on my timeline uh, and also something I've reached out privately to Swish to, to ask about how this went. But Clutch quote tweeted her and said, we've made peace privately. Glad we could move on plus grow from this. And I mean, this is what I wanted to see months ago when this first occurred, but better late than never. I am super happy that um, Clutch has taken this step, and I think it's um, a really excellent step for him to take. Now, next steps remain to be seen, but uh, Swish, I I think just so incredibly mature of her and Clutch. This is this tweet right here is excellent everything i hoped of all the possible clutch tweets this is the right one uh i think in a long string of maybe wrong tweets this is finally on that right track i'm really really happy to see it
0: i I totally agree uh excited to talk to both of them later uh, excited to see what comes out of this. I mean, whether you think great or or terribly of Clutch, if you if even if you hate the guy and hate everything he stands for, that's your prerogative from Katie and I's perspective. Like, we like to see you said this perfectly last time, Katie. Like, we like to see the best of the best compete. He was fantastic. The trio of destroy and Z laner and clutch belt, DBZ really had great things going for it. It was contesting against TBE, it was contesting against Huskers coming and unrational. And we like to see those competitors compete, if of course, they've earned that right with their public image and everything else that goes along with this whole scene. Um, So to see some of this start to slowly but surely get resolved months and months and months later, um, it's unfortunate that it took this long, but at least we're getting somewhere finally. And, um, and also to see, of course, the classy response from, from Swish is just a, a cherry on top. So um, shout out to to Swish in particular for really starting the conversation when there was no reason for her to do so um, and uh, in opening up a potential door or unlocking the door, like Katie said, to move forward. But that's the, that's what we'll cover with that. We'll talk more about it later, I'm sure, especially if things come out of this, if there's some results out of this besides some maybe uh, some good warm feelings. Hopefully there will be. Um, who knows? But Katie, I think
1: we've hit... I know, step for Clutch before we close this, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You cannot emo tweet anymore. (laughs) I'm serious. You cannot... There's ways to phrase it that do not come off in this way, but you cannot sound whiny. You cannot bitch on Twitter about tournaments now. Like, this has been... There's got to be a... very mature, patient high road for for clutch to take in this process, and this was again we, the door has been unlocked. You cannot Kool Aid man your way through this door. <laughs> you have to wait very patiently to open that door. And again, I think next steps. No more emo tweeting about it. Uh, you can tweet about how it, how much you want to compete again, how passionate you are about yeah. it. The positives, blah blah blah. You can do all of that, but. No emo tweets, uh, because I think all that does is kind of tarnish the very good moment that has just occurred here.
0: I couldn't agree more, Katie. It's a, it's a great way to close out the show. Hey, look, chat, you guys are amazing. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. If you're online and you're watching this in VOD format, we love you over there on YouTube as well. Make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. Uh, we've actually seen some great reception on the YouTube, by the way. Uh, yeah. Really, thank you for that. We have, uh, this sounds so minimal for us, but a brand new account literally started like a couple days ago. I uh, mass uploaded all of our other episodes and uh, a couple of the episodes in particular have done really well. We've reached over 100 views on one already out of only a day or two too with like no subscribers so the reception to the type of content we're creating uh seemingly positive we're going to continue pushing forward and continue to create a better product for everybody at home uh, to listen to and just kind of stay up to date because i know although the state of Warzone sometimes looks grim there is some silver lining that we always want to try to you know Take a look at and highlight, especially as we prepare for whatever the future looks like in this space and in this title in particular. So thank you for the support. Um, as always, I'm Great Master Coach. You can find me on all the major socials, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Twitter, or TikTok, YouTube, everything. Twitch, of course, you guys are subscribed over here. For now, this is where we're doing our live episodes. We have our YouTube channel, and we are going to be uploading to audio very, very shortly. Katie, shut yourself out, and we'll close this thing off.
1: Yeah, you guys uh, know it. You can see it uh, below. Kitty Bedford on Twitch, Worlds Bedford on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Again, we are doing these every week with emergency lobbies sprinkled in when they are warranted. Uh, we've got a lot of exciting folks on the docket who have said yes to be uh, to be guests on the show. And we've got a lot planned here. Um, and we really appreciate your support, guys. So tweet about it. Use our clips. Let people know that this is a podcast if you think they're interested in it. And uh, really just on word and upward for us, Goge. I'm excited.
0: Couldn't agree more. Live every single Wednesday, at least for now at 2 p.m. Central Time at uh, twitch.tv slash Go check out the VODs if you missed it. Otherwise, that's all we got. Thanks for being here. We'll see you guys next week.